grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome tonight to California Haunts Radio. It's great to be here. It's still spring, kind of springy weather here in Sacramento. I know for some of you guys that live in the snow, it's it's kind of getting awful for you. But I don't want you to eat your hearts out or anything. But it's just it, it's more spring. You know, it's, it's a lot more spring weather than we're used to even this time of year. Usually it rains like the dickens and it's cold. But anyway, I want to th- I want to welcome all you guys to the show tonight. Tonight's a different pace. My name is Charlotte. I'll be your host. I'm trying to get my numbers up here. Here we go. Um, I'll be your host tonight for the next hour. I own the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, located out of Sacramento. We also have uh, people up and down the state of California, Oregon, Washington, <laughs> I always forget Nevada, and Hawaii. Anyway, again, welcome. You can visit the webpage for the radio at www.californiahauntsradio.com, or if you're interested in our paranormal investigation services, you can visit us at www.californiahaunts.org. Okay, so it's a mouthful, I know. Tonight's guest, we're changing pace tonight. Uh, again, I'm going to point out, I'm an, I'm an actual journalist by trade. So I kind of like to mix it up here on the show. So tonight is one of those examples, but I, I heard this man on another show, and I heard, and, and his story was just so inspiring about surviving cancer and the way he did it. And um, he's written some books about how he did it and stuff, and he also has a website, and he talks and lectures and talks to people about it. And it's very inspirational because I know there's a lot of people out there, you know, I'm not going to say suffering, but who have cancer. And I, I have a couple people around me who do, and I just lost a friend um, the day before yesterday to uh, kidney cancer, kidney and liver. So I think it's important to have someone on like this gentleman to talk about it. So without further ado, his name is Chris Wark, and I'm bringing him in. Hello, sir. Hey there. How are you? Good, 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 good. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, sir? Well, uh, my name is Chris Wark. I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer at 26, and that was December 2003. Uh, of course, at any age, cancer is a shock, but mm-hmm. it's especially, you know, sort of mind blowing to get a cancer diagnosis as a young person. It's the least thing that you would expect in your life. And I had been married for two years. I was barely out of college, just trying to get, you know, make my way in the world. <laughs> right. And, uh, was very excited about my life. Things were going well. I was a musician. I was, got into real estate. I was buying rental property and fixing up houses and, you know, things were looking up, but mm-hmm. I started having abdominal pain and for the better part of the year, it would come and go. And eventually it progressed. The pain got worse. I went to the doctor and I had a colonoscopy done because they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And in that procedure, which for anyone that doesn't know, that's where they stick a camera up your butt. <laughs> and have a look around. Uh, right. They found a golf ball sized tumor. It's not funny, but it is the way you describe sticking the camera up your butt. So I just I had to laugh. I'm sorry. It is funny. No, it's fine. It fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I so that's you know I woke up from that procedure and uh, yeah it's like hey you got a giant tumor in there and uh, we took a biopsy we're going to send it to the lab and 
within a day or two, I got a call and they said, Hey, bad news. It's colon cancer. And mm. we got to get you into surgery right away and get this thing out of you before it spreads and kills you. So, you know, at that point I was a very typical pan cancer patient in the sense that I was clueless. I had no clue about cancer. I had no idea what this disease was like. I had no idea what caused cancer, what contributed to cancer. And, um, that's the, that's the status of most patients. Right. Uh, I, I'd say I was a little different in the sense that I didn't even really know anyone. I'd never even seen anyone go through cancer, right? Most of us now know somebody and have seen someone go through treatment, right? We've seen the, the progression <clears throat> of someone going through cancer treatment, losing their hair, getting sick, all this kind of stuff. I'd never even seen that in, in anyone I knew. Yeah. I'd just seen cancer patients out in the world in various places. And it's obvious when somebody's a cancer patient, right? They're usually have no hair. They're, they're emaciated. Mm -hmm. Their skin's yellow. Sometimes they're really bloated from the steroids and other times they're, you know, like I said, emaciated. So I'd seen people in that physical state and it is alarming, you know, when you see another human in that condition, right? Um, so uh, one of the biggest problems in the cancer industry is that they use fear to manipulate patients and rush them into treatments that they don't understand. Mm -hmm. uh, and you don't have time to think about your life or your health or why you got sick or what you could do to help yourself. You don't really have time to read or research. And, and there's so much shock, you know, a, just a cancer diagnosis itself is a, such a traumatic psychological event that patients often have uh, PTSD. They experience yeah. PTSD just from the diagnosis, right? Because it's that much of a shock to your whole life, right? Basically, someone telling you that you're dying, right? You have a, a life-threatening uh, or terminal disease. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, I obviously, spoiler alert, I didn't die. <laughs> I'm coming up on my 18-year cancerversary. And I've learned a lot of things in 18 years through my own experience, through the experience of many other cancer patients. I've interviewed dozens of doctors and experts, I've written three books. And, you know, what I do now is, I, you know, obviously I'm a cancer survivor and mm -hmm. a patient advocate. And, uh, you know, I'm a health and wellness influencer or enthusiast or whatever you want to call me. And my mission is to help people understand a, what the causes of cancer are so they can remove them from their life. B, what they can do to get themselves into the lowest possible risk of getting cancer and help them understand the perils, pitfalls, and corruption that is rampant in the medical, pharmaceutical, and cancer industries. Because if you don't understand the way these industries are, are designed and maintained and the way they operate, then it's easy to get sucked in. And as a patient, you basically become like an ATM, right? They will just, they will just drain every dollar you've got, uh, treating you, uh, right. but not necessarily curing you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, cancer patients routinely go bankrupt, lose their life savings. They have to beg, you know, friends and family members and strangers to get, to donate money, to, to help them afford whatever. And, you know, mm -hmm. and it's really tragic and it's unnecessary. Um, and there's a huge missing component to cancer treatment and that is diet and lifestyle Okay. because our diet and lifestyle 
in the United States and in many industrialized nations. And I talk about this a lot in my first book, which is called Chris Beat Cancer. Um, cancer rates have exploded since the Industrial Revolution. That, that is the major point in history where we saw cancer rates take off. Yes, cancer has been around for thousands of years in humans and animals, but it, it really started to skyrocket after the Industrial Revolution, right? Once we started working in factories and eating factory food, processed food, and, you know, creating all of these chemicals and adding them to our life and to our environments, right? These, these are pollutants that we are exposed to. We're breathing them, we're drinking them, we're eating them, right? We are swimming in toxic pollution. Mm -hmm. And our diets have uh, been degraded uh, dramatically uh, to what most of us eat is just a lot of processed food, fast food, junk food, and tons of meat and dairy, and not enough fruits and vegetables. <laughs> right. You know? And I agree fruits, fruits and vegetables are the healthiest foods you can eat. They, you cannot eat too much of them. You cannot overdose on fruits and vegetables. And they serve your body in so many miraculous ways. So, back, and I'll get to that in a minute, but back to my story. So I went in for surgery. They took out a third of my large intestine. They took out the tumor. When I woke up, they said, it's worse than we thought. We were hoping you would be stage two. You're stage three C, which means the cancer had spread to your lymph nodes and you're going to need nine to 12 months of chemotherapy. Mm. So that was, you know, it was just more bad news, right? Things right. went from bad to worse. And, uh, you know, initially I just sort of accepted, you know, I was on heavy pain medication, right? Heavy drugs <laughs> when they told me that in the hospital. And I was just like, okay, I guess I'm doing chemo. But uh, when I went home from the hospital, as I sobered up, I started to think about my life and my future and, and what I really wanted to do. And I did not want to do chemotherapy. I mean, the idea of poisoning my way back to health did not make sense to me. Maybe it makes sense to other people, but I could not get it to click. Mm -hmm. And I knew instinctively how fragile and vulnerable I was physically at that time. I had lost a ton of weight. I was super thin. I'm, I'm a thin guy anyway, but I was really, mm -hmm. really thin. I lost weight you know, in the year leading up to that, because I wasn't eating as much because I was having these abdominal pains and then having surgery and not eating for days, you know. So anyway, I, I prayed about it. I just said, God, if there's another way besides chemotherapy, please show me, like, give me a sign, give me something, anything, uh, you know, and it was just a simple prayer of faith and, and desperation, you know. Mm -hmm. And a couple days later, I got a book that was sent to me from a friend of my dad's who lives in Alaska. And he sends me this book, and it was written by another guy named George Malcolmus, who had healed his colon cancer with a raw food diet. And I start reading his story, and it was just like, I knew this was the answer to my prayer. It was, it was mm -hmm. just so clear to me, so obvious. And I was overcome with emotion. I, mean, I was sitting on my couch reading a couple chapters in this book. I was just crying. You know, it was just tears coming down my face because it was that powerful. I just knew, like, this is what I have to do. And I was excited about changing my life. Like someone had given, he was the first person to give me hope, right? That cancer mm -hmm. can be healed. And I started to understand this, the, you know, I was just dipping my toes into the world of holistic health, which is 
that, you know, the body creates cancer and the mm -hmm. body can heal it if given the proper nutrients and care. And there's a difference between traditional medicine and holistic medicine, right? Traditional medicine is usually it's treat the symptoms, right? It's cut it off, poison it, burn it. Here's a medication for your problem. It's not going to solve your problem. It's mm -hmm. just going to help you live with your problem. Mm -hmm. And a holistic health uh, approach is let's get to the root cause of your problem mm -hmm. and solve the solve it, right? So that your body heals. Like something is causing this disease and let's mm -hmm. figure it out. And that usually requires work. It requires effort on your part. You don't just take a pill, right? right. You have to change your life. And I was ready and willing to change my life. I had a very strong motivator. <laughs> Death. Yes. So I, <laughs> I embraced radical life change uh, immediately. So overnight, I, I literally went to the grocery store. I loaded up the cart with organic fruits and vegetables. I bought a juicer. And I was like, all right, I'm doing this. I've got one guy's story. I've got, there's one guy who told me it's possible, that healing mm -hmm. is possible. And I believed him. And I, so I decided I'm going to do what he did. And, and the idea of overdosing on nutrition was one that I liked. I mm -hmm. wanted to see what would happen. What would happen if I flooded my body with nutrients from the earth, with vitamins, minerals, enzymes, antioxidants, and these thousands of what are called phytochemicals or phytonutrients that are only found in plant food that do a host of things in your body. They, they strengthen your immune system. They support immune function. They improve detoxification. They obviously nourish your cells. They give you energy, right? Mm -hmm. they, they reduce inflammation. There are compounds in fruits and vegetables that block the ability for cancer tumors to grow. They're called anti-angiogenic compounds. There are compounds that enable your immune cells to kill cancer cells. There are compounds that tell cancer cells to commit suicide. Right. These are compounds in food. And so that's pretty exciting stuff. So as I started to read and research more, I just, you know, again, I got more excited about doing that and, and taking that path because I, I realized I don't want to break my body down. I don't want to tear it down anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to build it up. So I started down that path and most of the people around me didn't understand mm -hmm. <laughs> and they thought I'd lost my mind. And uh, <laughs> that was hard. I mean, I can laugh about it now, but it wasn't funny at the time right? It's really stressful when the people, you know, when your loved ones are like, you, what are you talking about? You have to do chemo. You got to do what the doctor says, right? I know somebody who did alternative therapies and they died, you know, this is, these are the kind of things that people were telling me. And, and I was like, I mean, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know anything. I just knew, Hey, I, I prayed and this thing showed up. I'm doing it. Right. And it makes sense to me. It wasn't like a miracle cure. Right. It mm -hmm. wasn't some lotion or potion or quick fix, magic bullet, you know, right, right. you know, cancer cure. This was, uh, you know, a radical change of diet and lifestyle to enable my body to heal. Right. That was, that was, I was very clear on what I was doing and what the, the pitch was. Right. Right. And, uh, that, that this one man made in his book. Well, I went from book to book to book from there. I mean, that was just a springboard for me. 
and I started uh, just reading as much as I could other books written by uh, holistic cancer survivors, people who'd healed cancer by uh, doctors and experts. And I was just devouring information. And, and the cool thing was at that time, the internet was not helpful. There was no YouTube. There mm-hmm. was no, you know, California haunts radio show. <laughs> <laughs> right? there, there was nothing online at all that was helpful to me. But every book that I read, and I was even watching these you know, sort of, uh, I was, I was getting, uh, VHS tapes people were bringing to me and, and cassette tapes, all kinds of stuff. But all the information I was consuming was sort of con- was confirmatory. I just kept hearing the same messaging over and over raw foods, raw fruits and vegetables, juicing, exercise, stress reduction, detoxification, forgiveness. Like these are huge themes in health and healing. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, you know, bolstered my confidence uh, and helped me fight the, the fear and doubt, right? The fear, uncertainty, and doubt that was uh, a daily threat to my peace and my joy, right? Right. And so <clears throat> I, uh, but I, I had this pressure to, to, you know, will you go see the oncologist? Will you hear what they have to say? And so I went to see this oncologist and the meeting didn't go well at all. And he was very condescending. And, and, um, you know, I tell the story in my book in more detail, but, you know, he basically said, uh, you know, if, if you don't do chemotherapy, chemotherapy, if you don't do treatment, if you do treatment, your odds of survival are about 60%, which is like, that's pretty close to 50%, which is a coin toss. So it wasn't very encouraging. And I asked him about, you know, what about the raw food diet? He said, you can't do that. It'll fight the chemo, which is kind of a weird thing to say. And then I said, well, are there any alternative therapies? And then he, he, at that point, he, he basically lost his patience with me and just became very arrogant and condescending and just said, look, if you don't do chemotherapy, you're insane. Mm -hmm. And then proceeded to say a whole bunch of stuff that I forgot because I, you know, (laughs) the fear took over. And when you're in a state of fear, you can't think straight. Your memory doesn't work. <laughs> you know, you, you go into panic mode and he, but he basically just was just talking at me for, for minutes, several minutes using every tool in his arsenal to convince me that I had to do chemotherapy or I was going to die. Huh. And he was, he was effective because I left that meeting and I went to the desk in the front of the clinic and I made an appointment to get a port put in. Uh, and that was the next step before starting chemotherapy. And that would be in a few mm-hmm. weeks. And my wife and I walked out to her car and sat in her car and uh, we held hands and I choked out a prayer and, and just cried. You know, I just, it was such a low point. It was such a difficult moment because, you know, I went into that cancer clinic feeling good and, and, and hopeful and optimistic. And I'd been on right. this raw food diet for a week. I was feeling really good. And I came out of there just totally crushed, you know, hopeless in a state of despair and fear and discouragement and doubt. And that is the story of many, many cancer patients. Most of them, the, the cancer clinics are these fear factories. And like I said earlier, they rush you into treatment using fear. They manipulate you with fear. And I'm not trying to bash doctors that, you know, a lot of doctors are doing the best they can, but 
they inadvertently, many of them are very cold to their patients. They're, they lack empathy and, mm-hmm. uh, and they just use these intimidation and scare tactics to, to convince people to say yes to treatment because nobody wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody wants to, Oh yeah. Oh, sign me up for the poison. When can we start? <laughs> you right. know what I mean? No one wants to do it. You have to coerce a person into doing it. And that's why they use this kind of language like, oh, the war on cancer and you got to fight cancer and you're a warrior, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because if you convince a person that they have to fight it and that it's a battle and that they're a warrior, then they, then they also will have to endure suffering, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way you get a person in the mindset to, to suffer as you tell them they're a warrior and they have to fight. And you don't fight cancer. You, you heal it. That's what you want to do. You're not, you're fighting yourself. If you're trying to fight cancer, these are your cells. It's your DNA. Mm-hmm. You can't go to war with yourself. That doesn't make sense. Right. But you can heal, but it's a totally different mindset. It's a totally different approach. What did the doctor say when you said, well, I'm not going to get chemo. I mean, you, t- you talked about the oncologist, but your regular PC, P- PC doctor, what did they have to say about it? So what I did next was I, I found it, I was re- referred to a naturopathic doctor by two people, this two, two people who don't know each other, both mentioned this guy's to me and okay. I'm like, okay, all right, this is, I, this seems like a sign. <laughs> two people have mentioned this guy. So I went to see him and that appointment was wonderful. He, it was, his office was peaceful. He was very kind. We had a great visit. And he was the first person to say, because I said, I'm on this raw food diet. And I read this book. He said, oh, I know the book. I've read it. He said, you're doing the right thing. That was yes. huge. I mean, I can't, I cannot even tell you how huge that was for me because nice. I needed, I needed encouragement so bad. This was just a, you know, a couple of days after that really bad oncology appointment. And then he connected me with an integrative oncologist that, in mm-hmm. town that was a guy who had come out of retirement because he didn't like being retired. And, and when he came back and started practicing again, he was in his 70s, uh, he decided he wanted to, to run his practice differently. And so he was doing IV vitamin C and doing some other non-toxic therapies to try to help his patients heal mm-hmm. and get well. And he had really kind of honed in on the 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 fact that the immune system is the key to surviving cancer so he was investigating therapies that would you know boost a person's immune system immunotype therapies right which are it's now a common word everybody's heard of them but in 2004 you know he was a maverick and and you know really late to the game you know he was should should have been retired but he just loved caring for patients he was a prince of a guy so i never went back to that doctor who told me I was insane. And when I met with Dr. Page, who was the oncologist that I worked with, and I, I told him what I wanted to do, he, he just accepted me for who I was and and worked with me on my terms. And there was no friction. He That's didn't have great. an easy Yeah. And there are doctors like that, but you gotta, you've gotta get a second opinion or a third opinion. You gotta ask around, you gotta get referrals. Like that every patient deserves a relationship with a doctor that will work with them on their terms, right? That will say, mm-hmm. I support your decision, whatever it is, and I'm here to work with you. And, you know, you want to do treatment? We'll do treatment. You don't want to do it? We won't do it, right? But we'll monitor your progress. 
And so that's what we did. I had blood work every month and uh, scans about every six months for the first few years. And I created a very simple system for myself every single day, hardcore nutrition, and just reoriented, rearranged my life in a way that was conducive to health and healing. And I, you know, there's things that you can change right away and there's things that take time. Mm -hmm. And so the things you can change right away is your diet. Literally, you can change your diet overnight. You can start exercising overnight, right? Those are two right. very powerful things that are underrated. And so I, of course, I did those right away. And then I started investigating and learning about learning about, you know, complementary and alternative therapies like IV vitamin C and supplementation and herbs and things like that. So I was I was incorporating everything I could find and afford. If mm -hmm. it was non-toxic, right? Natural and non-toxic, had no risk of harm. I was like, I'll do it, <laughs> right? And uh, that was my criteria. And, and assuming I could find it and afford it. <laughs> so there's some things I couldn't afford, like hyperbaric oxygen. I wanted to do it, but I was, you know, I was just like, oh man, okay, I've just got a limit to <laughs> how much money I can spend because insurance was not covering any of this. So, um, but anyway, I, I, you know, I in my first book, Chris Beat Cancer, I, I explained everything I did, how I just created this daily routine for myself and followed it every single day. I just repeated, 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 you know, for years. I just stuck to the same hardcore anti-cancer diet and lifestyle because I wanted to live. And that's, you know, that's the key to, to, to changing your life is consistency, mm -hmm. right? Anybody can go to the gym one time what benefit do you get from one time at the gym? Nothing. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. You know, anybody can go for a walk one time benefit very little, but if you walk every day, you start to see benefits within mm -hmm. a week or two, then a month, two months, three months, you see big benefits, big changes in your cardiovascular health and your endurance and your stamina. Same with going to the gym, right? You keep going to the gym, you get stronger, you get more fit. Same with food. When you keep eating Every single day, fruits and vegetables in large amounts, mm -hmm. you are creating a healing momentum in your body. You're serving it in a way at the highest possible level, in a way that you never have before. And healing takes time, but every day you're giving your body the raw materials that it needs to repair, regenerate, detoxify, and heal. So, you know, you don't get cancer overnight. You can't heal it overnight, but you can heal it. And so I found myself five years after my diagnosis, you know, still cancer free. And wow. so then I, I started thinking maybe I should share my story because I was in real estate. I was doing fine. You right. know, I, I liked what I was doing, but I felt like I should share, you know, gosh, there's got to be people out there that would be encouraged by my story. Right. Other people with mm -hmm. cancer. Like, I feel like they need to, I need to tell them what I did. I need so I kind of cobbled together a website called Chris Beat Cancer and started writing articles and trying to, you know, explaining what I did bit by bit and making videos and things. And it people just started showing up. <laughs> you, know? it, you understand when you put yourself out there online or whatever, people find you. Yes. And an audience found me. There were, it turns out there were a lot of people looking for this information and there wasn't much of it online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even in, in 2010 when I started. And so that grew, started to grow. And I uh, then I, 
you know, other survivors started to reach out to me and say, oh, I love your story. I did a very similar thing. I had, you know, lung cancer, I had lymphoma or I had breast cancer and I mm -hmm. changed my diet and then changed my life and my body healed. And so then I started interviewing those people. Cause I'm like, oh, wow. Can, can I interview you? Can we share your story? Because, you know, one story, uh, one person's story can make a huge impact, right? We know that. But when you mm -hmm. get together 10 or 20 or 100 or 1,000 stories of people who have done something, right? And you, you see the common threads and you realize, oh, yeah, th there's a lot of validity to this. This wasn't just a fluke or something. He was just lucky or whatever, mm -hmm. right? And so as I started to interview more and more people, I saw the common threads, right? I saw, they, yeah, we all did the same things to heal. And so um, that's really cool. Right. It's cool to see that and, and connect those dots. So chrisbeatcancer.com turned into a much bigger thing than me. Mm -hmm. It's it's not even about me anymore at all. Uh, and I've interviewed dozens and dozens of, you know, survivors of all types and stages of cancer who most of them took a holistic approach. Some of them did no treatment whatsoever. Some of them healed after treatment failed. I mean, just incredible stories. And then uh, I've interviewed a lot of doctors and scientists, researchers and in the health and wellness world, nutrition world, mm -hmm. and uh, and cancer world. So that site um, has, uh, yeah, it's just, it's been going for 11 years now. And and the, and through the growth of that, it sort of took over my life. <laughs> After about five years doing it as a part-time passion, it really just took over. It just snowballed. And then I, I wrote my first book in 2018, Chris Beat Cancer, and then followed mm -hmm. that up last year with um, a devotional, kind of a daily reader for encouragement and inspiration called Beat Cancer Daily. And then just two weeks ago, we published a cookbook, my wife and I, called Beat Cancer Kitchen, which thank right you for, on. you've been showing pictures of it. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I got your other book I'm going to show too. That's awesome. Yeah. And so that book, <laughs> my audience has been asking for a cookbook from me for like a decade. <laughs> 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 so we finally did it and uh it's a beautiful full color hardcover cookbook it's all plant-based there's two sections the first section is like the hardcore anti-cancer diet if you have cancer eat this right eat these foods and uh make these recipes and just eat the same things every day right it's just to optimize your anti-cancer nutrition but mm -hmm. or if you're just a person that's like yeah I'd, I'd rather not get cancer i want to be healthier uh, this, the second section of the, the cookbook is just a, a bunch of delicious plant-based recipes that are just fun and, and they're all easy to make. And, uh, so yeah, there's two sections in the book, one for healing and one for prevention. When you talk about how doing this diet, how long did it take for the cancer to start disappearing? So I had surgery and they took the tumor out Okay. and the reason they wanted me to do chemotherapy is because cancer cells are microscopic mm -hmm. and taking a tumor out at stage three rarely cures the disease, right? It, it mm -hmm. basically, all you're doing is slowing it down a little because you have millions and millions of cancer cells still in your body circulating and looking for places to start, set up new tumors. Mm -hmm. And the, the problem, the cancer cells aren't really the problem. The problem is your immune system, right? The problem is your body is, is hospitable to cancer, right? Okay. It has become a place where cancer cells can thrive. 
Normally it's not, right? So the difference between a healthy person and a, and a cancer patient, the difference is their immune system. Mm-hmm. So everything that I did was me trying to change my internal terrain to make my body a place where cancer could not thrive, where new tumors could not form because my immune system was strong. It was not suppressed or overloaded, you know, and, uh, my like T cells and natural killer cells were able to do their job, which is to identify and eliminate cancer cells mm-hmm. like that. You have special cells in your body. That's their job. Um, but if you're, if you're growing tumors, your immune system is overloaded or suppressed. It's like, you know, if you think of your body like a factory, if there's too much, too many parts coming down the assembly line and not enough workers, right? What happens, <laughs> yeah. right? Chaos. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Right. Parts are just flying off the end of the line. They're falling on the floor. I mean, you know, it's just total chaos. And so your body's like that too, right? There's the food is coming in, environmental toxins are coming in and your body has to process all this stuff every single day. And it, you have a limited capacity to process mm-hmm. everything that's coming in. And if a lot of toxic stuff is coming in, that's a lot of effort and a lot of work on your immune system and your detoxification system, your liver and your lymphatic system. Like, you know, all these systems that work together, mm-hmm. it's a lot of burden on them. And eventually- they just can get overloaded, right? And it doesn't happen overnight, right? One night out partying, that's not going to give you cancer. Okay. <laughs> but a, over time, if you're living a high stress life and you're coping with stress in unhealthy ways and you're eating a lot of unhealthy food and you're not taking care of yourself, you're not exercising, all of those things add up, right? They compound over time and, and you, you end up in a vicious cycle, right? Where right. you're spiraling downward, right? Over time, your health is getting gradually worse and worse, and there will be a tipping point, right? And that tipping point is, is when disease is manifests. It could be diabetes. It could be high blood pressure, right? It could be high cholesterol. These are all red flags, right? Mm-hmm. It could, uh, it could be cancer. It could be autoimmune disease. It could be, uh, ulcers or acid reflux, right? There's a lot of precursors, Mm-hmm. That are all chronic disease precursors that are, is your body saying, Hey, you're not taking care of me, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like I can't keep up with the demand you're putting on me. So that was a very long way of answering your question, but so there sure. weren't any, any obvious tumors in my body because they took out the one big one and some infected lymph nodes, but they wanted me to do chemotherapy because they know right. there are active cancer cells still. And, and this your body is a place where cancer can thrive. So they're trying to kill every possible circulating tumor cell or circulating cancer stem cell before they set up shop and, or or I'd say set up camp and form new tumors. So I, I decided, you know, when I started this journey, I I was like, basically like, I guess I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Cause I I don't know what the future holds, but I'm just going to do this for, for the rest of my life. So for the first two years, I was super hardcore, hardcore. I mean, I, I just made no exceptions really. And then Mm -hmm. I loosened up a little, but still stayed pretty hardcore. And then I got to the five year mark and was like feeling like, okay, great. Like I've arrived. And then I kind of started slacking off a little bit. Uh, and then at six and a half years, that's when I started the blog, I realized 
I better, I better get back on the, on the healthy track. Cause if right. it would be pretty bad if I got cancer again, if I'm trying to yeah. share my story with people, you're right. And so that actually helped keep me accountable, right. To my, my audience and to myself. It's like, I've really got to take care of myself. I've got to walk, walk the walk and talk the talk, you know? So I still eat a plant-based diet. I'm not all raw. Uh, and being almost 18 years out now, yeah, I still, I'm still, I'm only 44. Okay. So I'm planning on living 40, 50, 60 years. And I want those years to be healthy. I want to be in excellent health and I don't want mm -hmm. to be debilitated with any chronic disease. I could get another type of cancer if I'm not taking care of myself, not necessarily right. colon, right? It could be anything. Right, right, right. I mean, 40 years is a long time to live. And you, so the older you live, the, the, you know, the higher your cancer risk is, it's just part mm -hmm. of life. So I'm, I live in a way that is, um, you know, prevention oriented and that's eating a plant-based diet, exercising five or six days a week, keeping my stress really low forgiving people who, who are hurt me or mean to me. I just, right. I don't carry those burdens and practicing gratitude, you know, just it's easy to get caught up and get frustrated with your situation in life. And the, the quickest way out of depression and discouragement and frustration is to start comparing yourself to people who are less fortunate. Right. Because when we compare yeah. ourselves to people that are more fortunate, more privileged, whatever, then it makes us feel inferior. Right. But mm -hmm. when you look around the world or even in your own town, right, the people that have less than you, you you become grateful and thankful and you realize, oh, man, like this is stupid. Like, why am I? Why am I feeling jealous of this person over here? I have so much to be thankful for. I can see. I mm -hmm. can hear. I can get out of bed right? I can talk, right? I'm not dying right. in a hospital today. Like there are people dying in the hospital right now that would give anything to trade places with me. Mm -hmm. They would love to have my problems. And so I, I figured out, you know, through, cancer taught me a lot of things. And, uh, but gratitude was a big one. And it taught me how to be, to be grateful and content and at peace in the most difficult season of my life and how to really trust God with my life and my health and my future. You know, it's like, I'm going to do everything I can do and I'm going to trust him with the rest. That's all I can do. And I'm not going to let fear and worry and doubt consume my mind and steal my joy. And so those are the same things that I, you know, the, the same mental habits, right? that I mm -hmm. practice today. And they really, you know, earlier I sort of alluded to the fact that some things you can change right away and some things takes take time. Right. Well, these are the things that take time. It takes time to change the way that you think, the way you view the world, the way you relate to other people. It takes time to forgive, you know, all the people from your past mm -hmm. that you may be holding resentments toward, right? You really got to think through and one by one and forgive them and say, God, I forgive them. They're, you know, they're all yours, right? I forgive mm -hmm. them. You can deal with them. I am totally okay with <laughs> not getting justice, right? And uh, I'm just letting it go. 
So mm -hmm. that is so powerful. I mean, it's it it will change your life. Forgiveness will change your life more than changing your diet. And a lot of people are not willing to forgive, and it it's it's tragic because uh, that can be the one barrier to healing. Anger and bitterness and resentment are so profoundly destructive. They they're not just in between your ears, right? Those emotions right. affect your physical body. They suppress your immune system. And they put you in a, they keep you in a state of stress, in a state of fight or flight. And when you're in fight or flight, your body can't heal. And you stay inflamed and immunosuppressed. So those are, you know, those are things that I it took me a long time to learn. Mm -hmm. But but they're true. And these are scientifically validated truths. Stress suppresses your immune system and negative emotions produce stress. So you really have to look in the mirror, so to speak, at your life and the way you're thinking and behaving and acting and reacting to other people and be really honest with yourself. Like, who am I and who do mm -hmm. I want to be? And what do I need to change to become the person that I want to be? Mm-hmm. Not not going through life uh, in delusion that you're that you're super great and everybody loves you <laughs> and you can do no wrong, or in the delusion that you're a victim, right. right? And that's the most destructive delusion I think of all is the victim's mentality, where everything that happens to you is out of your control, right? That it's everyone else's fault that you have problems in life, and that that what. If when you think that way, you become powerless, right? You become a powerless victim if you're not willing to take responsibility for your life and your health and your choices and realize that what I like to say is everything in life happens for a reason. And most of the time, the reason is you. Right. Right. It's you. It's you. Most of the time, it's you. Sometimes it's somebody else but it's usually you. <laughs> and so if you're willing to ad admit that, right, then, right. then you realize, okay, I can change, right? If I am the cause of my problems, then I can also be the, the cause of my solutions. Mm -hmm. If I contributed to my illness, I can contribute to my wellness. And okay, so now what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. Right? And then the journey begins. I call it the beat cancer mindset, but it really starts with the, you know, the desire to get well mm -hmm. and, and the belief that you can get well, because those go hand in hand. You got to want right. to get well right. first, and you got to believe it's possible. And that doesn't take much. I mean, one, one person's testimony is, is enough to, to inspire hope that you can get well. And I hope that mine does for others. That's why I constantly sharing my story and written books and all this stuff is to, to give that spark of hope to someone else that they can heal. They can change their life too. I don't have superpowers. I'm not special. I'm a regular dude. Right. I, Absolutely. Just, you know, I was just in a situation that was really scary and I, you know, I made a very unconventional decision to take, take control of my life and health. And I had, again, this beat cancer mindset that it also involves taking full responsibility for my life, being willing to change my whole life and making a decision to enjoy the process, right? To look at it mm -hmm. as an adventure, 
right? Instead of as right. like, oh, poor me, I have cancer. Everybody feels sorry for me. And I'm so angry and bitter. And mm -hmm. why me? Sure. I struggled with those emotions in the beginning, but I just realized I got to get past this. Like I can't just keep wallowing in self-pity and just be resentful of everyone else who doesn't have cancer, <laughs> you know, because believe me, I was, I was like feeling those feelings. Uh, but I just realized I've got to rise above that. I have to, I have to, I have to survive. I have to live. I had a, a wife who I loved and I had to, I'm an only child and my parent, I couldn't bear the thought of my parents and my wife putting me in the ground. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a really painful thought for mm -hmm. me. You know, I'm a pretty big deal to three people, <laughs> right? I'm a right. big deal to three people, my parents and my wife. And so like, I didn't want them to, go, to suffer that loss because I wouldn't want to put my wife in the ground, you know? Right. So that, those are my reasons to live. I got very clear. I have to live for these three people. Mm -hmm. That's why I have to live. And, uh, about a year after my diagnosis, I was back in the hospital and this time was different because I was holding a baby girl Aww. and I had a fourth person to live for. And so that was just, just an incredible year, right? From cancer diagnosis to then a year later, I'm a dad. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of risky, but my wife made this incredible sacrificial decision to start a family with me because she loved me, you know, and in, even though she didn't know if I would be around to help her, help her raise our child, she did it because she loved me. And I really wanted to be a dad. You know, I was like, I just felt like, oh no, I'm, I don't know how much life I have left. I want to, I want to be a dad. So, um, so we started a family. <laughs> yeah. And that little baby is now 16 <laughs> and driving a car. So, yeah. And then, she, and she has a little sister who's 13. So, um, yeah, so it, it worked out pretty good, but that's all those, awesome. Thank you. Um, I understand exactly what you have gone through. Um, November of next year will be 10 years since I've been diagnosed with congestive heart failure. And I understand the emotions you went through, you know, the, those feelings. Mm -hmm. And I did the same thing you did. I went in the day after they diagnosed me and I said, okay, I'm going to eat this, this, and this. I'm done. And fortunately, I had a doctor that went, well, just grab, you know, pick out, you know, pick your cookbook out. Let me see it. So we can make sure it's okay, you know, the, for the eating. Because mm -hmm. I was looking at natural stuff like you. I became yeah. a, a vegan. I mean, boom. And so they were very cooperative with me. And I had ab ablation done. And I have been in a normal heart for the last nine years. I love Everything's it. Everything's been like it's supposed to. But, I mean, I know, the feel I know what you went through because there is a feeling of hopelessness and confusion when they first tell you stuff like that. Because you're trying to wrap your head around it. You know, and the, the tragedy, uh, which I feel like is medical mal malpractice, is the fact that doctors are not trained in nutrition. Mm -hmm. And they're, so they, they don't give patients any resources or any hope, right? They don't mm -hmm. empower their patients to change. 
They don't encourage them. They just say, well, we have treatments and we can give you these treatments and hope for the best. And when you, when you do that again, you're, you're, you're taking this person and you're disempowering them, right? Versus what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be a bridge between medicine and, and, you know, natural health Mm -hmm. is to help patients understand, look, you can do everything your doctor says. That's fine. That's your life. And those are, that's your choice, but there's so much more you can do, right? To help yourself. So do more, right? Do everything in your power to help yourself. If you want to get well, I've got good news for you. There's a lot of awesome stuff you can do, right? Radically changing your diet, exercising, removing stress from your life, forgiveness, right? These mm-hmm. are incredible things. And, uh, and most of them cost you nothing. You just have to be willing to do them right. and be consistent. So, you know, that's my big message. It's not just for cancer patients, but it's for anybody who is interested in prevention too. And, you know, you'd probably be dead if you didn't make changes to your life, right? Oh yeah, that's true. And I got rid of anybody that was really high stressing me out, friends, whatever, I dumped them. Like I made kind of make complete changes. There are toxic people in our life that we we need to get away from. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a real thing. The people that can cause you so much stress and so much distress, right? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the bad stress. So much distress and anxiety and tension. Like some people, you just have to get away from those people. Yes. Right. You've got to get around people that encourage you and support you. And that's it. That make can just make all the difference right there. Having love and support, having you know, there's been studies that show when you have uh, control, a sense of control over your life it reduces your stress. Mm-hmm. When you have hope, it reduces your stress. It, it empowers your immune system. It gets you out of fight or flight. And so hope, giving people hope and a sense of control, it's not just a sense of control, control over their right. lives is really what I'm here to do, right? It's like you can change and here's what you need to do. I don't have all the answers, but I've got a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> backed by science. My book is stacked with scientific references and on diet and lifestyle and uh, and how they impact your health and it's the cool thing is you don't need a de- you don't need a college degree you don't even need a high school diploma to understand this simple message right fruits and vegetables are good for you <laughs> and the yeah. more you eat the better if you can go 100% plant based you're really going to do something great for your body like this is this is the food your body is craving it's craving and the food they're serving at the drive-thru is, it may taste good, it may fill you up, but it is destructive and harmful. It is not good for you long-term. It will wear you down and weaken you and make you vulnerable to disease. So, you know, you have the power. It's a, life and death. It's on the end of your fork. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize too, because you know they like the way that other food tastes. But after a while, you know, you get used to it. I mean, I know when I go into a restaurant, the high salt content that they use in the food drives me nuts. Just yes. drives me nuts. It's so, you know, our taste buds have been uh, blunted because we eat food that is so sweet and so salty, right? That after a while, you just don't even notice. Right. And then you crave it. It's like not, it's never salty enough. It's never sweet mm-hmm. enough. And when you get away from those foods that are just overly sweetened and salted and you start eating ha- natural foods from the earth, fruits and vegetables, whole grains, nuts and seeds, legumes, herbs and spices, mm-hmm. your taste buds change. 
mm-hmm. and you become very sensitive to sweetness and to saltiness mm-hmm. and you need you just don't need nearly as much right you can get the same satisfaction from an apple or an orange or a watermelon or grapes right that that you would you know normally want oreos or a snickers bar or something right right and i'm the same way like when we eat out i usually just order vegetables if i go to a nice restaurant I look on the menu order vegetables and yeah i mean it's pretty it's pretty common that they come out and end up being too salty <laughs> right and i like i eat them but i'm like like these are just too salty this is way saltier than they need to be but you know again those that's those are the things that are easy over time they're easy to change right it's easy to change your diet it's not hard that was the easiest thing i did i but i had the motivation right i had the desire to do it and i just made a decision i'm going all the way i'm not going to try to eat healthier right? I'm changing my diet a hundred percent from fast food, junk food, processed food, meat, and dairy to all raw fruits and vegetables. <laughs> you know, there was, I didn't give myself any leeway, right? Mm-hmm. It was, it was an all or nothing change. And to me, I think that is easier. I think a hundred percent is easy and 99% is hard. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause you always hear people trying to wean themselves you know, from one diet to another. And I just, I don't think it works because you still keep the cravings for the other stuff. Going cold turkey is, is the better way to go. Cold turkey. I'm telling you, you want to quit smoking? Cold turkey, right? You, seriously, you want to quit drinking? Cold turkey. Like, yeah, you're going to have a rough couple days, couple weeks maybe, uh-huh. but that is the way, right? Massive action produces massive results. Like you want uh-huh. massive results? You got to take big action. Uh-huh. Like minimal action minimal results <laughs> you're like what do you want right it's we, you know we love it when we do a small thing and we get a big result that's awesome like we love that but right but that's not a strategy for success you know what i mean that's like right like putting ten dollars in a stock and hoping it turns into a million <laughs> right like, <laughs> has it happened to somebody sure right but it's like you know if you really think you got good odds you're fooling yourself and so the way to stack the odds in your favor is to take massive action, right? And the radically changing your diet to a whole food plant-based diet doesn't have to be all raw, but if you have cancer, all raw is really important because mm-hmm. there are certain vegetables, the cruciferous vegetables and the allium family vegetables, garlic, onions, and leeks, broccoli, cauliflower, kale, cabbage. Those vegetables are the most potent against cancer when eaten raw. So in other words, like a giant salad. Right. Uh, and uh, so it's important to not to eat a variety of raw and cooked food, right? Just to maximize mm-hmm. your nutritional input into your body. And so the, in our program and the people in our community, there's no fruit that's off limits. There's no vegetable that's off limits. They're all on the table. And we, and we just encourage folks in our community, eat as much as possible, Right. The more you eat, the better. Food is medicine. And the more you take, the better. Right? There, you can't overdose on nutrition. I tried. I tried to do it. I turned orange from all the carrot juice. <laughs> That's the worst thing that happened. <laughs> I believe that too. The, yeah, I was about as yeah. orange as this book behind me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, nutrition has a limited benefit, right, in your body. That's why you got to keep putting it in. 
right? right? One healthy meal gives you benefit for a few hours, maybe half a day, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit of benefit. Some of those nutrients will, will help you into the, in the next day. But generally speaking, your body's using up what's coming in, right? right. As it comes in like vitamin C, the half-life of vitamin C in your body is about 30 minutes, you know, right. About half of it's used up in, in 30 minutes and the rest of it within an hour, hour and a half. So it's like that consistency of eating super healthy meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, repeat, breakfast, lunch, dinner. You are keeping your, your blood levels saturated with all of these wonderful nutrients. Like I said, vitamins, minerals, enzymes, antioxidants, thousands of phytonutrients in plant food are circulating in your body when you eat a whole food plant-based diet and good things happen. Mm -hmm. So that's my, that's my big pitch, right? For eating this way. And, um, it's a huge part of the, the health and healing puzzle. Like you have to do it. And the cool thing is it's not hard. Anybody can change their diet overnight. It doesn't have to cost you more money than you're spending. Now we waste so much money anyway on junk food and Starbucks and eating out. When you stop spending all that money in, in those places, you have a lot more money for the produce department. Yep. So yep, yep, yep. it really is doable. And I hope, I hope folks in your audience uh, are, you know, catch the sense that they, you know, if they really want to change their life, they can do it, you know, and my books, I wrote my books just to help people understand that it's possible. Healing is possible. You can do it. And there's simple steps you need to take. And if you have a motivation to do it, that's what, my, that's what I'm here for. That's why I created my, the community and the website, Chris Beat Cancer. It's all that. All that is here to serve you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This hour went by so fast. I appreciate you coming on. You're very inspirational. Very, very, very inspirational for people. It's something people need because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, have cancer or be, are just diagnosed with cancer that really are terrified. I mean, that's just the way it goes. And to see and hear someone like you just really makes it, I'm not saying it makes it a better diagnosis, but it gives, it gives hope. Thank you so much. That's what I'm here to do. What's next for you? I do not know what's next. But, you know, we just put the cookbook out two weeks ago, so it's pretty fresh. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and, and I'm obviously doing a lot of interviews and talking about it, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I do not know. I have, I have several different project ideas that I want to work on next year. And I have to really do some thinking in the next, you know, next really this month, just kind of think about what I really want to work on next. And so I don't know what it's going to be, but I, there's several things that I'm really excited to work on. I just got to prioritize, <laughs> but, uh, right now it's, uh, cookbook promotion mode <laughs> there you go and your website again chrisbeatcancer.com it's a free resource there's there are dozens and dozens of interviews with survivors and doctors and experts tons of articles and and videos it's it's a repository of hope and encouragement and inspiration and practical information that you can use to change your life and help yourself heal, go check it out. Fantastic. How can people get your books? The books are easy to find. They're all on Amazon. They're in a lot of major bookstores, Barnes and Noble. And if you have a favorite local bookstore, they can definitely get my books. They're published by Hay House and distributed by Penguin Random House. So they're easy to find. Support your local bookstore if you can. And uh, if you don't have a favorite local, then 
you can get it in two clicks on Amazon. Thank you so much, Chris. I'd like to check in with you later on down the line, see how you're doing and stuff. Sounds good. Thanks for having okay. me on. All right, Chris. Thank you. You have a good uh, rest of the week. You too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. I, you know, that's inspiring because I did a similar thing. Like I said, when I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure, I totally changed my diet to get everything under control. You know, it was that quick. I walked in the, the, the cardiologist's office and this is what she told me. And I went, okay, done. She didn't believe me at first. And then I came in my, by my next visit, I had a stack of cookbooks like this of stuff I was going to do that I had planned. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming on. I know there's some people that were in the, um, audience tonight that that have had cancer and have cancer so i hope this was a little bit to inspire you and to help you out um if you like the show tonight share it with five people if you didn't like the show tonight share it with five people anyway we're again we're equal opportunity here let me sit up here and um also, I need people to subscribe to our YouTube page. Please do that uh, if you haven't already. Uh, you can get there. If, uh, we do have our URL now with California Haunts on you. If, if you type in California Haunts on YouTube, it'll, it'll take you into our YouTube page. And also, if you want to get on there, you can go to www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com and get there from there. And click on subscribe because we're looking for new subscribers all the time to build this thing up. You guys have done a great job building us up, and we just want to keep the keep the pace going keep the pace going um you see that thing running at the bottom of the, of the screen well that's because california haunts is a non-profit organization and everything comes out of my pockets to run the the show i'm talking computers i'm talking lights i'm talking mics i'm talking the the, the, the eq i use and all the other stuff it all comes out of pocket plus expenses for my paranormal team to go out and help people do investigations Okay, so if you can find it in your heart to go to paypal.me at California Haunts and drop me a few bucks, that would be great <laughs> so that I can keep this going. Tomorrow's guest, um, are you a procrastinator? Do you procrastinate? I guess all of us procrastinate at one time or another. Some people do it more than others. Anyway, we're going to have Eric Twiggs on tomorrow, and he is going to be talking about procrastination and how to work on not procrastinating so much. So he's going to be with us tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. In fact, right now I'm going to share Chris's uh, books and his uh, website information for you. So here we go. Website, chrisbeatcancer.com. And his books, Beat Cancer Kitchen, Chris Beat Cancer by Chris Wark. And the other book is Beat Cancer Daily. And the fourth book. And those books are available at Amazon.com. So, again, I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. for Eric Twiggs to talk about procrastination. Have a good evening, guys.